on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by trichologist Claire Fulham, chatting all things hair loss. I remember then going, I'm losing a bit more hair. Like, I could see hair everywhere. It was all okay. over my desk oh, wow. and work okay. everywhere. And so I went to my GP. She found five big patches on my scalp, one the size of my fist. So I was like, right, what am I going to do about this? Give me a plan. She just looked me dead in the eye and said, there's nothing you can do. I went on list for dermatologists. She had a cancellation and she very quickly said, yes, you have alopecia areata. As ever available on all podcast platforms. An Irish independent digital subscription doesn't just get you the news. It gets you the best of Ireland's stories all in one place. Whether it's the best of politics, business, sport, entertainment or lifestyle. Get it all for just €4 Euro a month for 12 months when you first subscribe. Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish Independent. Terms and conditions apply. Cancel any time. Shachtan. An Indo Askeliga. Lower and once you're in a Donaldson, Lish, and if I got to go to near Lower, Jeffrey, the Dunyerby. Me head will policy Shachtan. Ian Rodiano and Avira Lestad occur Lish and a badge bug a shoot. Skilty. Fis. Turmi. Nimajigiri in drama Honyal Ama Tamajigiri Mujhen Honyal Asta. Shachtan. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Brand new season, brand new talk for Formula One. It's the Bahrain Grand Prix, and it's lights out, and away we go. The glamorous sport of Formula One racing is reaching a whole new global audience with the mass success of a hugely popular Netflix Fly on the Wall series. I've been built for this. People probably won't know that I grew up on my dad's couch, so we didn't have any money. With heroes and villains well established, each season often plays like a soap opera with scandals and controversies taking centre stage. Wait a, wait a second, wait a second, I'm talking. Well, change your car. You've got a problem, change your fucking car. Then you change your car because Checo has been saying the car is fucked. Hang on, are we, pl- are we playing to the cameras here? Or? As the 2024 season approaches this weekend, the sport was once again brought into disrepute as Christian Horner, the Red Bull racing chief, and husband of Spice Girl Jerry Halliwell was accused of inappropriate behaviour by a female colleague. In the time since then, he's continued in his role as chief executive of Red Bull Racing, but with this huge cloud over him and the team as they as they prepare for the first race of the F1 season, which is this weekend. Now cleared of any wrongdoing by his employer, many believe the full facts of what happened behind the scenes should be made public for the sport to move forward. I know there are no winners in this, but was it what you expected? Look, I'm just uh, pleased that the process is over. I obviously can't comment about it. I'm Fionan Sheehan, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by Kieran Jackson, F1 correspondent with the London Independent, to discuss the headline-grabbing world that is Formula One and the many colourful figures who have hit the front pages over the years. Kieran, Christian Horner has become a huge name in Formula One, but how does he get there exactly? So Christian Horner's story is quite interesting because he was a he was a promising go-kart racer in his late teens and early twenties, but then he kind of realized around twenty-five years old that he wasn't quick enough. And so he went straight into team management at a junior Formula team called Arden. 
and he was kind of always looking to get into Formula One. So he was looking at how he could play a role in new teams. And so when Red Bull showed an interest in entering the sport in 2005, Horner kind of pitched himself, got himself very pally with Bernie Eccleston, the head of F1 at that point in time. And Horner came to the fore as the man to leave Red Bull into the era we know now where Red Bull have been so successful. So he's the longest serving team principal on the grid and he's led them to much success. Um, and when he was team principal in 2005, when he took over, he was actually the youngest ever team principal at 31 years of age. So it's, um, it's a sport which is well embedded in him now, for sure. And tell us then about the success of the last 20 years and how Red Bull has become such a, a dominant feature of the grid. Yeah, it's been proper impressive. It really has because most new teams kind of wither away within a few years. And, um, you know, there's 10 teams in Formula One, but kind of the, the big teams, the Ferraris and the Clarins, uh, the Renault have been the teams that have always dominated. But Red Bull as an energy drinks giant have come in and, and, and shaken it up. They've won four drivers' titles in a row from 2010 to 2013 with Sebastian Vettel. Sebastian Vettel, you are the world champion! The world champion! Well done, enjoy it! You are the man! And now Max Verstappen is on a roll with three titles and his big favourite to add a fourth title this year. So they had a big period of coming second or third to Mercedes with Lewis Hamilton winning titles um, in the last decade, but now it's, it's their era again. Tell me what it's like to come second. We fucking hate it. <laughs> you know... Um, nobody wants to finish second. Second's not part of the plan. So yeah, he's led them to much success and likely to another title this year. And a lot of this can be attributed back to his management style as well. He's a high-profile figure, though, doesn't hide his light under a bushel. He's even a celebrity relationship. Talk to me about that kind of public image of him. Yeah, I think it's something Horner really thrives in, to be honest. He's at every race, he doesn't miss one. And then at every race, he's always in front of the camera, whether it be photographers, whether it be broadcast interviews. He's very open to the written press as well. So he always kind of craves that limelight. And then obviously in the last 10 years or so, he's had the addition of having a Spice Girl as his wife. For me, the summer break is a time to relax, to spend time with the children, to spend time with my wife. It's just getting back to being a dad. I hate camping. Is there enough air in there? Not hard enough, darling. <laughs> yeah, he's married to Jerry Halliwell, Jerry Horner now. The interesting thing about that is that Bernie Eccleston, the former head of F1, was the one who introduced the pair. And Eccleston was best man at their wedding for Horner. So like, it kind of shows the full circle way in which F1 interacts with celebrity and showbiz. And you kind of see that on the grid before every race. And... I think out of all the team bosses, Horner is the one who really revels in that the most, for sure. Hi, Father Christmas. So lovely How to are see you doing? I'm very, very yeah, hello. We're Father very Christmas. excited to see, see you. you. Can I ask, has Dad been good this year? Let me think about that. Let me think. What do you yeah. mean, oh, let me think about that? Oh. He won a championship. He won a championship. I think yeah. he's been amazing. He's super fast. Yeah, Bernie Eccleston's something of a fairy godmother for him in terms of granting all his wishes and so on. What about... Uh, recent times then big media profile big position that he's in and then bang along comes a controversy take me back to where this story of the complaint emerged 
Yeah, so it first came out in the Dutch press, um, which has been a whole saga altogether about where the source has come from on the 5th of February. So just over three weeks ago. And it was an allegation brought to Red Bull's parent company based in Austria about inappropriate behavior from Horner towards a female colleague. And so Red Bull opened an investigation and that investigation has been pretty arduous. They appointed an external lawyer for the case. Horner was interviewed in London for about 10 hours one day. And then in the time since then, he's continued in his role as chief executive of Red Bull Racing, but with this huge cloud over him and the team as they prepare for the first race of the F1 season, which is this weekend. Did you give any thought to, to maybe stepping aside from those duties temporarily while all this is sorted out? Uh, no, it looks, it looks, it's business as usual. There obviously is a, a process. Uh, of course, I'll work, work with that process, which I hope is concluded in the near future. Mm. It's been an ongoing saga and the lack of transparency has irritated quite a lot of people, particularly Red Bull's future engine partner Ford have been annoyed at how closed the case has been, I suppose. But it's certainly been hanging over Horner and if he was found that he had done something wrong, he'd likely have lost his job. What was his initial reaction to this complaint? Yeah, just a firm denial, both towards the Dutch newspaper who broke it and then at the car launch the week after, he did well over 12 interviews, including with the written press when I was there, and it was a firm denial. He couldn't speak about the nature of the case. Obviously, I fully deny any accusations that have been made against me. He did the same in testing last week, so he, he's been very firm on it from the start. What was his demeanour like? How does he seem like he's handling all this? He looked exhausted today, uh, without question. And remember, this is someone who's normally very quick-witted, very on the, the front foot in any kind of verbal exchanges. You can tell just how subdued he sounded there. So as you say, Formula One season begins this weekend and hey presto, we have an outcome to that investigation. So what did we learn this week? Long overdue, I think, that we heard the outcome of the investigation. And yeah, Red Bull's parent company in Salzburg um, said that they cleared Horner of any wrongdoing. The female colleague does have a right to an appeal and it remains to be seen whether she will appeal the decision. But it was only an internal investigation. So Red Bull did their findings, well over 100 pages of documents, um, and then they made their decision. And um, it's kind of, he's always said it's been business as usual, Horner, and that now it really is. He's been cleared and no doubt he'll be very keen to move on from the situation. I have been guided to understand that in no way should we doubt that because of this episode, Christian Horner is giving any thought to withdrawing from his duties of Red Bull Racing. I also understand that there is the potential for his wife, the former Spice Girl, Jerry Horner, formerly Jerry Halliwell, to attend this race weekend. It seemed that some of his rivals did smell blood here and possibly were thinking that he wouldn't be declared innocent yeah I, I think there's a lot of inner talks with with f1 personnel and a lot of mind games go on as to how you can gain any sort of advantage whether it be on the track or even off the track in in the press room i think yeah mercedes boss toto wolf said it was a problem for the whole of formula one as a global sport on such critical topics it needs more transparency and i wonder what the sport is what the sports position is. And McLaren CEO, Zach Brown, who's had a run-ins with Porter in the past, has also said it's a very serious moment, serious allegation. Lewis Hamilton spoke about it yesterday as well. We always have to do more to try to make the sport and the environment that people get to work in feel safe and inclusive and 
yeah, any allegations has to be taken very seriously. Because Horn is such a high profile individual in the sport, but there's no doubt it was important. It wasn't some some lowly team boss or it, it was, you know, one of the people who's left, right and centre of, of the whole sport. So there was definitely the opportunity, I think, from other teams to see if that could get any sort of advantage. But he's been cleared. So I, I think from that point of view, Red Bull will certainly be keen to move on. And that lack of transparency that you reference, is that a fair criticism or did Red Bull basically treat this as a company would treat a HR complaint you know should Formula One be any different I think the latter I think they really saw it as a confidential matter between two different parties in their own organization um, also a third party and the external lawyer and yeah they were a very close shop about it throughout and which I can understand I mean as a journalist in the sport very frustrating they didn't get the real finer details publicized but who knows it may still come out I don't think we've quite heard completely the last of it. I think when we don't know completely what happened, these things do tend to leak out. But but when that might be, we don't know. So, yeah, I think Red Bull just kind of treated it as an internal investigation. And throughout, um, they were very um, no comment on all media requests, as you can maybe imagine. What's it done for brand Formula One, which is going through something of a rejuvenation in terms of broadening its audience? Megan Thee Stallion, you're a, you're a freestyle rapper. Um, I think she's happy. Okay, boss. You're a freestyle rapper. Have you got any rap for us today on Formula One? <laughs> I have no rap today, I'm sorry. DJ Khaled, Martin Brando, Sky F1. Everything good? We in Miami. This is my home. The best city in the world. And the whole world is here. Will this do damage? Do you think he'll be taking a back seat in the next Netflix series or is a little bit of controversy? Does that become a selling point? I'd say it's extremely unlikely that Christian Horner takes a back seat. He doesn't really do that in his personal life or whether it be in his career. I think it's done a certain amount of damage. I think when you have these claims going over one of the most prominent members of the sport and also when you're coming up to a new season as well, it's not helpful, but They've done the investigation. He's been cleared. But I wrote in my piece yesterday, actually, that I think it does send a bit of a reminder to all in Formula One that we can't be across lines when it comes to inappropriate behaviour. Talking the paddock must still be respectful because it's come from a place where Formula One used to be dominantly white, dominantly male, a billion-pound boys' club, if you like, to now where there's a lot more diversity, a lot more inclusivity. You see it in the paddock, a lot more women involved, a lot more people from an ethnic minority which is fantastic. And um, F1 have been really firm on that and really firm on that progress and that progress continues. So you didn't want to get to a situation where this would overshadow it and it would really have an impact. So I don't think it quite has yet had that really adverse impact on the sport, but we'll see what emerges in the next few weeks and months. Yeah, and F1 has, you know, it's been here before. It's survived past controversies as well involving high-profile figures, but on and off the track. And I mean, I suppose in the last couple of decades, we've had the Max Mosley controversy. Correct. I mean, Max Mosley was the former head of the FIA, which is F1's governing body. And he died a few years ago, but he had a very close relationship with Bernie Eccleston, the ex-Formula One Supremo. For about 30, 40 years, they ran the sport together. And Mosley entered some controversy in, in 2008 when he was pictured on the front page of the News of the World with the headline, F1 boss has sick Nazi orgy with five hookers. Um, and that got brought to court. He was awarded £60,000 in damages. And, you know, there was no Nazi themes in the orgy. So he, he 
and in the years since then, he's really campaigned for limits against the press to do with privacy and celebrities. The other theme was a straightforward invasion of privacy, which I thought was outrageous and illegal. But the Nazi allegation was completely untrue, and to me particularly, enormously damaging. There's that element of Max Mosley, but he's been a very, he was a very integral person in the sport. Do, really... do you think Mosley's family name played a part in the negative publicity that he attracted? Yeah, I, I think potentially. His father was a 1930s British fascist leader, uh, Sir Oswald Mosley. And I claim that in the ranks of our black shirt legends, Mats and mighty ghosts of England's past. The way that the news of the world described him was son of Hitler-loving fascist and sex shame. So, yeah, there, there's potential for that, for sure. But, you know, Max Mosley was a very different sort of individual. He always loved his motorsport. He was, he was very passionate about it. But for sure, like when you have a situation he got himself into and then you read into the backgrounds, there becomes your story pretty quickly, right? Eccleston himself, he really did attract a lot of attention. Part of that maybe because of his personal life, part of it because of his wealth. Absolutely. Yeah, he's quite the persona. It's amazing how such a small man can carry such such a big presence, I suppose. Yeah, he's he's coming to a fair amount of controversy for numerous things. I mean, he he was arrested in Brazil in 2022 after a gun was found in his luggage. In the same year, he praised Russian President Vladimir Putin, someone he said he'd take a bullet for. I'd still take a bullet for him because he's a first-class person and what he's doing is something that he believed was the right thing he was doing for Russia. When there was the Russian Grand Prix, they negotiated on that pretty extensively. Um, and numerous other cases with, with Bernie Eccleston. Um, he's now no longer involved in the sport, but he, he still manages to have his say at 93, I think he is now. So, yeah, I mean, those two figures were huge. And then as Liberty Media, the US company who took over the sport and pushed this Netflix era, if you like, in 2017, Eccleston kind of faded away. But, yeah, he's... Uh, <laughs> He's quite the character, let's just say that. Former F1 boss Bernie Eccleston will be charged with fraud by false representation following an HMRC investigation into overseas assets believed to be worth more than £400 million. Max Verstappen very much the dominant star of the grid as both in his own right and the principal driver with the dominant team. His dad, Yoss, that name, Yoss Verstappen, would be familiar to, I suppose, people who who followed Formula One in previous decades, he's tended to be attracted to a bit of controversy as well over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Jos was a former racer in Formula One himself. He's still very heavily involved with his son he's at most races. Um, but yeah, he's been involved in his, in his controversies too. I went to prison. I stayed three nights in the police cell. I had time to, to think and to reflect. Visiting him it was weird, of course, to see your dad like that. Definitely one of the, the hardest times in my life. So there's been a few things with Joss, but he's always there. He's very present. He's a very firm individual, pretty no-nonsense bloke. But yeah, it, it kind of just plays into this narrative where these people involved in F1 have such power and such sway and such involvement that um, they do sometimes land themselves into some controversy as well. I suppose in Ireland, we went to our F1 peak with Eddie Jordan, Eddie Irvine in the 90s, 2000s. So globally, is F1 as big as it ever has been, as you say, in this Netflix era? 
Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, to take this season, for example, you've got more races than ever before. You've got 24 races. And you know, for most of F1 in the 90s and the noughties, it was around 15 to 16. So, yeah, 24 races from February to December. So not much of an off-season anymore. And yeah, no doubt Netflix and Drive to Survive has really pushed the popularity of it, particularly in the United States. So they've now got three races in Miami, Austin, and as of last year, Las Vegas. So it's quite unique in that it's a genuine worldwide sport. It touches every continent apart from Africa, and they're working on that as well. So, yeah, it's definitely in a peak popularity. I suppose the only negative side at the moment for the sport is that in Verstappen, they've got someone who is so dominant that naturally when one person wins, it turns off a few viewers. So I think they'll be hoping for a bit more competitiveness at the front this season. And my thanks to Kieran Jackson. I'm Fionn Sheehan, and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Ian Doyle, researched by Dave Hanratty, with sound by Rory Bones. Archive clips from Sky Sports News, Formula One, Netflix, Box to Box Productions, ESPN, the BBC, and the Irish Independent. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel, 0818-715-715.